And stepping into the fast lane, Trey's colleague from FrontStretch.com. No, not the one who's tailgating and may not be in a great frame of mind to speak clearly. That would be Michael He's Matthew. partying hard. I'm sure he is because, well, he's at the game. We'll carry at 5.30 p.m. tonight uh, with pregame coverage starting. And if in. you're going to the game, listen to it on our app Darn so right. you, while you watch the game. That's the easy way to do it or listen to it on the app wherever you are because it begins at 5.30 p.m., which is why we will not waste any more time in talking NASCAR at Martinsville with Luke and Glover, who'll be there with Trey Lyle and Michael Massey from FrontStretch.com. Luke, and a pleasure to speak with you. First and foremost, do you really know what you're getting into this weekend? Well, uh, with Massey on the way as well, as, as he's supposed to meet us in Martinsville, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried now because I'm not sure how tonight's going to go. We might need a Massey cam just to make sure that he stays out of trouble. That's probably a good idea. I would say that, that that's very much a good idea, a very safe and secure way to protect the brand. Um, NASCAR heading to Martinsville this coming weekend. Uh, first of all, what irony is there that the Hail Melon move was fairly quickly banned, yet – I hear it all the time on the MRN broadcast. I love those guys, but they are a property of NASCAR itself. So NASCAR is directly using a move they've banned to promote the race. And they've also done it on different television-based promotions as well. Um, Is this something that is, uh, should we say, false advertising? Yeah, I mean, in a way, it definitely has that sense of the false advertising, as you mentioned there. I mean, it's just one of those inconsistencies we've seen with NASCAR and their marketing uh, in past years. I mean, we talk about the Ryan Newman crash that happened at Daytona 2020, and even that, no, it's not as much as the Hail Melon. Uh, that has appeared on several ads, whether for Daytona, for NASCAR. And so it's definitely a tricky situation for them. I mean, obviously, it's one of the greatest moments we've seen in our sport and something that you don't want to be forgotten, but – at the same time, promoting out there like, hey, any driver could do this, that definitely puts a little false light on it. Um, you know, our own Daniel McFadden front stretch dove into this about, you know, just the one year anniversary. And I wasn't able to uh, take a deep dive into that article yet. But there, there definitely is a little, uh, a little irony to that, definitely masking what is actually going on behind the scenes. But overall, I mean, if it attracts fans, hey, that work. But. Once, once NASCAR fans dive into that and see that it's no longer uh, an approved move, then, then that could change some opinions pretty quickly. So there is that element to this, and obviously it highlighted a chaotic finish, but maybe not the most chaotic race laps, uh, you know, at least the first 200, 300 laps of the race last year in this situation at Martinsville. Do we get a similar play out? Is this a dud of a race or just the situation combined with Martinsville's proven track record in this spot that you believe that, uh, you know, while racing at short tracks has been an issue under the current car, it will not be this weekend. This weekend's going to be really intriguing because we have a new tire on the way. We have drivers who have been able to test it. And you know, even Ryan Blaney was talking about it the other day uh, as he previews his weekend of you just don't know who's going to be good necessarily because of this tire. You would expect the same drivers uh, who have a knack for racing at Martinsville to be able to capture that same magic they've had in the past. But you, you just don't know. So there are a lot of unknowns with that tire. What we've seen with the next-gen car on the short tracks has been underwhelming, obviously, and it hasn't been just Martinsville. We've seen it with Bristol at times. We've seen it at North Wilkes, we're obviously at the All-Star Race. So there's been a lot of, there have been some minor and small changes here and there with the short tracks, uh, whether it's the track surface or whether it's the tire we're using or whether it's the air package. And so far, it hasn't really yielded any results. This weekend will be really intriguing just because of the point situation. You've really got four drivers 
under a blanket there, three who have had a lot of success at Martin, so whether they've won or not, and then two guys, one who's trying to fight his way, just basically trying to stay alive throughout the day to make his way out on points, and the other who has to win. So I think there's definitely going to be some intriguing elements. If it's a boring race like we've seen in the past with an action car, I would not be surprised. Uh, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a really exciting finish or a really exciting race throughout just because of what's at stake here with the championship race. Here's an interesting way to look at Martinsville with Luke and Glover of FrenchStretch.com, who's with us here in the fast lane. We know that Christopher Bell, by virtue of his win at, Fe- at uh, Homestead last week, has locked himself into the race at Phoenix, as is Kyle Larson from his win at Vegas a couple of weeks ago. There are six drivers battling it out. Most people think that somebody from Joe Gibbs Racing is going to make it. What is your prediction on what we see out of this scenario? And I'm going to put all three options out there that both of them make it, Truex and Hamlin, that one of them makes it. If so, you got to pick one. Or, wait for it, neither one of them makes it. My my picks have been about his hit or miss as uh, Truex's playoff results or, well, really <laughs> – a more accurate comparison, Kyle Busch's season, we'll put it that way. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, I said Sam Mayer was absolutely not the favorite to win the Xfinity Championship. I still don't think he is, but uh, now he's kind of proved me wrong with two uh, really clutch wins here. So this could go badly pretty quick this weekend, but I'm going to say neither one of them. I'm going to say the championship four, the way it is now, is going to stay the way uh, we're, going, we're going to have a similar one when we leave Martinsville. It's not. It's nothing against Truex or Hamlin. You know, both of them are extremely talented. Both have had a lot of success at Martinsville. Hamlin's got his five wins. Truex has had three after that long winless drought on short tracks. But as I wrote the other day in an article on for Up to Speed, neither one has momentum. Uh, Denny is coming off a week where potentially we're seeing another collapse late in the season where it looks like, hey, this is Denny's year, uh, and he has a Dallas Cowboys collapse at the end of the season uh, that leaves him begging for another title, uh, another shot at the title. And what happened at Miami, We don't. Uh, Ryan Blaney said he was half joking with when he called him a hat, but is there a little bitterness or a little anger there from the racing incident at Miami? Or it could really affect Hamlin. I just, I just don't see him being able to overcome that. I could be very wrong with this, but I don't see him overcoming that. And in Truex, I mean, you just got to go with what's been happening here recently. Nothing's been going right for them. Uh, it's been a miserable playoffs, and I just don't see how they can dig themselves out of a hole so quickly. I mean, if anyone can, it's someone from Joe Gibbs Racing. But Ryan Blaney's got the best average finish of active drivers. I mean, in fact, if you look at NASCAR history, you know, there are a lot of legends at the short track that we're going to this weekend, and Blaney is right there among them. He's never won them before, uh, run, won there before, but he's got 9.5 average finish. I mean, he hasn't finished worse than 11th in the last nine races. And when you look at how well the Stuart Haas Fords did uh, in the spring and how Penske has gotten better year has went along, at least for Blaney, uh, you know, they found a lot of speed here in the last few weeks. I think Penske's going to be able to give him a car this weekend that he's able to run up front with, compete with, uh, you know, there's a lot of elements that go into it, and it's easy to put a lot of stock in, hey, Ryan Blaney's going to run well because he has before. That may not necessarily be the case. I mean, we've we've seen drivers go to a strong trap before and, and suffer or and have bad days, but all the momentum and history is in Blaney's favor right now. I really like his chances and William Byron's chances to keep more, uh, keep their position in the standings. So it sounds like for Luke and Glover of FrenchStretch.com, the Liberty University car of William Byron, plus his teammate Kyle Larson, who's already locked in, will join Christopher Bell and 
Ryan Blaney in the championship four. So you like those. You've got about 30 seconds left for us to pose the final question. Does the winner come from that group? Or is this the weekend in the playoffs where we get what we got a lot of last year, which is a non-playoff driver to get a win? That's a really good question. There are so many guys who can win this weekend. Um, I'm going with William Byron. I'm going uh, go Flames. I'm going with the Liberty Car this weekend. He's been really good at Martinsville in the past. He's got a lot of momentum. Uh, you know, he can race fairly easy with his 30 point uh, gap cushion over the cut line. So I'm going with William Byron. Go Flames. You know, Lucan, it sounds like you're trying to pine yourself and position yourself for future appearances in the fast lane from not-so-veiled shots at the Dallas Cowboys, which are always welcome, to just buttering up to our audience, many of whom are dyed-in-the-wool Liberty Flames fans. And we appreciate them, of course, in our audience here in the fast lane. Uh, But the question is, with all the elections going on, perhaps you should be running for office at some point in the near future. You don't have to refute those allegations at all, Lucan, because our time is up today. However, we thank you in the fast lane and wish you luck and sincerely we mean that when you're in the presence of trey lyle and michael massey later i'm great (laughs) thank you so much have a great weekend guys our pleasure and yes luke and glover with us here in the fast lane so i know it sounds a little weird that we're wrapping things up already today and we just got started but football football is taking over much like uncle luke scheduled to take over the fast lane with us tomorrow what could possibly go wrong and in a few minutes, you'll be able to hear Trey and me and whether our predictions go wrong. In the meantime, Fast Lane Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts and Facebook, Twitter, Instagram.